This is the Metal Set. Hi, this is Dawn, an ultra cyclist and sports PR specialist. And I'm Afshan, an endurance athlete and journalist. And we're on a quest to bring you stories of tenacity, courage, and metal. From athletes in the Middle East and beyond. Happy New Year! Welcome to the first episode of 2023. As we enter into the new year, many people will be thinking about goals and resolutions, right? So I think, and we think, because we've chatted about it before, it's a good time as any, or any time is a good time to set a goal and our intention for yourself moving forward. But we thought that this would be the perfect time and opportunity to look back on our 2022 guests and lessons we have learned from them as we enter into a spanking brand new year. I was listening to a podcast the other day, actually, and they were talking about temporal landmarks. So moments that stand out in time, like birthdays or new year. And I think this is really a temporal landmark, the new year. There's nothing bigger than this if you think about temporal new years. So how do we want to start? Should we ask each other how 2022 was for each of us. Yeah, absolutely. Let me start off. Uh, 2022, I think for both of us has been quite a roller coaster. We've had quite a few ups and downs, both professionally and personally. But speaking about our sporting trajectory (laughs) this year, I think I've had a fair bit of ups. I did my first marathon this year. I completed a 250 kilometer bike ride this year. I also broke my collarbone this year. So it's been quite a roller coaster for me, but I wouldn't have it any other way. I think every moment in my sporting journey this year has been a lesson that I am very grateful for and I will be taking forward with me. You've just done a couple of big, big things like recently. And just looking now, if I'm thinking about myself in the context of you, I haven't done much in 2022. Yeah, but you have things coming up. I do have things coming up. Yeah. No, I feel like for me, I'm not going to lie. And I think it's important to kind of be honest. The past two years have been really difficult in a lot of respects. Like I think we all went through such a weird, it feels like a weird fever dream the past two years. Like for me in particular, I've just had a couple of really, I don't know, you know, a near, I've had a near death experience in 2022 and then I was hospitalized in 2021. And the start of this year was really, really hard professionally for me. And, you know, I had a hard time recently personally, but I mean, that's just talking about all the bad thing. It's been an amazing year overall. Just launching this, the metal set and being able to talk to people has been beyond my wildest dreams and the reception to it. You know, I was having a bike ride the other day and I was just thinking, you know, if you think about moods and how you're feeling, like the weather has been patchy. The weather for me has been patchy, but the climate overall is amazing. Yeah. Like for me, I feel like life keeps getting better and better. Yeah. There's always going to be challenges. And last week I was riding and I mentioned to you, like, I feel like everything's in a wonderful state of flow right now for me. And yeah. So I feel like, you know, the start of the year, if I look at my Garmin and like, if I look at the activity minutes, the intensity minutes, the start of the year was kind of like very low, <laughs> mm. very few intensity minutes. And then, you know, it's just been a wonderful year of just kind of moving, really, not without any kind of goals. Intention. Yeah, without kind of like just enjoying it, you know, Mm. like over the summer, riding my bike in France. And 
going to Georgia and hiking and everything and just, yeah, walking and hiking and yeah, everything's good. Everything's really, really good. Walking itself is a mood booster, right? Because earlier this year when I broke my collarbone, I couldn't do anything and walking was a savior for me. That's all I did. And that kept my mood elevated all the time. I didn't feel like I was away from fitness. You know, it's a just a really good mental health hack yeah moving just feels good you know like it really does and I firmly believe like mood follows movement and I'm just for me I'm so happy now to be training for this race I feel like this is a good time I don't know if I'm going to be ready physically mentally I am Hmm. you know I had a fantastic ride this morning as just an example and yeah we'll see So do you have any resolutions? I guess looking at, you know, 2023, I typically don't make resolutions, but do you have any? No, I don't make any resolutions either. I just work on the go, to be very honest. For example, I'll achieve a goal and then I'll see what my next goal is. I don't think there's any reason to wait until the first of a year to kind of start working on a resolution. It's just, you know, if there's something that you need to address, you address it now or you work towards addressing it. So that's my outlook. Having said that, I do have things that I would like to achieve in 2023 and I've already started working towards that. Amazing. Do tell. Can you share? Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of it is health related because I think, you know, what I realized this year is that I need to have a better balance in my life, be that things with my endurance goals or just, you know, professional goals. I just think that there needs to be a balance with everything. I think I fell by the wayside as far as that was concerned. I think I took on too much, too fast. And I didn't give myself a chance to slow down. I did address that over the year in a few ways. But I think moving forward, just from now itself, I do want to bring more balance back into my life. Yeah, balance. I mean, always impossible. Not impossible, but it's like such a challenge, right? Ongoing basis, because there's so many demands all the time. And 100%. I think when I say balance, I feel like I need to put more boundaries Those are the ones that kind of I did not have, Uh, but also because, you know, I'm I'm learning the ways of a new way of like working this year because I left, you know, I left my full time job earlier this year and, you know, kind of decided that I would want to work with you and work as a freelancer. So those are big changes and it doesn't come to you like you don't have all the answers right from the start and you're still learning on the go. So I just want to make sure that I have some boundaries in place. I mean, having started the consultancy seven years ago, I think things are never in perfect balance, but there's the overall balance. You know what I mean? Like there's kind of moments where it's one part of your life gets a lot more attention than the other. And then that kind of balances out later in the year, a couple of months later kind of thing. I don't think I've ever had a full state of balance, (laughs) which is fine. You you know, you get used to it. I mean, overall, that's balanced to me, you know, kind of thing. It's almost like you go through seasons a bit. But, you know, to be honest, this year, some of the decisions I made, which also include working with you and working on the metal set, is a sense of fulfillment. I think I did not have that before and I'm slowly achieving that in a lot of aspects and in a lot of areas of my life. So I am truly grateful for that. And then moving forward, I just need to kind of get better and better at finding that fulfillment in everything that I do. 
Yeah. I mean, as I said, I'm such a good, like, I'm in a really good place right now. And I think just looking back at all of our guests, which we'll do so in a minute, like, wow, you know, (laughs) I do feel, yeah, like you grateful. And I think that's, I don't know. I sometimes I feel like grateful. The word might be overused, but the sentiment isn't, you know, like, and I really do feel grateful for what we're building. I think my intentions for the year, one of them, and this all ties into it. And this is part of this today is that, you know, I want to be a bit more reflective. I find often I'm kind of on to the next, on to the next without sitting back and actually thinking about what's happened or how I'm feeling about something or processing it or learnings from that. I think also I want to celebrate more, you know, like often again, similar, I'm kind of like, okay, that goal's done, tick, move on to the next. I want to make more space for my friends instead of being busy all the time and also make space for a little bit of magic, whatever that might be. <laughs> and um, I think last but not least is also to be a bit kinder and gentler to myself yeah. and also to others as well. And not that I think I'm not kind and gentle, but I think I can be quite hard on myself sometimes. Mm. And I just want to check myself when I'm doing that. But 2022, we had an amazing lineup of guests, 13, 13 guests yeah. we had in our regular episodes. Mm-hmm. And then we've had quite a few bonus episodes, quite a few bonus episodes as well. Um, so shall we start with each guest yeah, and yeah, kind of absolutely. what we've learned? Yeah. Oh my God, um, starting with me in episode <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, starting with you, episode one. What did That Don must have been a Don? reflective episode for you, right? So when you go back to it or when you were even, you know, kind of when we were having that discussion, were there things that you remembered or were reflective at that point that you think are a lesson that you can always hold on to and move forward with? Yeah, I think number one, when we were recording it and then when I listened back to it, you know, when I was kind of recounting it, I wasn't really, it was just coming out of me. But like when I think now or when I listen to it I'm like oh my god I did that like wow like I don't know if I could do that again can I do that again you did it again and again (laughs) and again and you would be doing it again so we know you can do it so I guess the lesson I took away from that for me from me is that you're capable of a lot more than what you think you are you know obviously a lot of hard work went into that and maybe i just blocked all of that out but i was just like oh my god i did that and another thing like sometimes also to the gift of ignorance like i didn't even know what i was getting into i just did it and i think had i known what i was getting into or realized like the scale of like the challenge that maybe i wouldn't have done that so like ignorance is a bit of a gift sometimes i think if you feel like you don't know what you're doing just Try it anyways. <laughs> I think, you know, when whenever you do these races and of course we've got a platform like the metal set and it's it's amazing that you we started with you as the first episode. But after every race, I think you should do like a you should record yourself talking about it. I think you'll you'll remember and remind yourself, you know, what a, what an achievement it was and allow you to celebrate even long after the race is done. Yeah, I definitely will for the next race, <laughs> yeah. whatever might happen. And, you know, I was on another podcast recently as well, talking about my scratch yeah. in Biking Man Taiwan. That was also great to recount that. Mm. I think, yeah, I would say to anyone out there who's doing a race or big goal, like write down or record in some way. You know, yeah. I know a lot of people take a lot of photos, but like, yeah, kind of detail for it because sometimes 
detail it and either record it in audio or yeah. write down stuff. But yeah, remember and look back on that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so it. important. Uh, I felt the same way when you interviewed me on the podcast and we were talking about the marathon. And like you mentioned, right, like you take a goal off and then you move on to the next one or what comes in the way and you forget what an achievement it was. Yeah. What I learned, obviously, from you and from your stories, from your ultra races, is that sometimes the best way to tackle a challenge is head on and head first. Yeah. <laughs> Sign yeah. up and work backwards. And I think I did that a lot of times this year as well. And speaking to you about your race was a reminder that maybe in 2023, I can probably do the same. You for so, sure can. Yeah. <laughs> So that was pretty much my learning from discussing your ultra racing. Head on first. And your first first race in Oman. Yeah. I always feel like a bit like a bull in a china shop sometimes, like head on head first. But yeah, I think sometimes it's needed. Yeah. Episode two. Another ultra cyclist and runner. Yeah. So... Ivana, she uh, obviously does ultra running. She does ultra cycling, adventure racing. She just finished a Trans-Balkan cycling race. race. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess one of the things I took away from her is to stay adventurous, Mm. you know, try different things. Yeah. First of all, she's such a wonderful person and has such a nice spirit about her. And she just takes on these huge, huge challenges across all these different disciplines and just has these amazing adventures. Yeah. So that's one thing that I took away from her. I think what I take away from Ivana every time we meet her and, you know, through her journeys, through these ultras that she's done is that her she's got a very positive outlook. Mm-hmm. And even during the races that she does, she's got a very positive outlook. Like, for example, when she spoke to us about the Trans-Balkan. She was obviously with someone else. She was doing it as a team. And there were times when they had challenges, but she she did mention that it was how they approached the challenges that made all the difference. Yeah. So um, at no point could both she and her teammate be in a negative state of mind. One of them would have to kind of be in a positive state of mind, which kind of took them forward and allowed them to complete the challenge itself. So Mm -hmm. I think um, that positive outlook is something that is so important in races, something that you've encountered, something that I've encountered as well. I think it's so mental, right? Like it's a mental game at the end of the day. And if there is even an ounce of negativity that kind of creeps into it, it can derail you completely. Mm. So yeah, that's pretty much what I took away from, um, you know, from our chat with her. Yeah. And also like, you know, just meeting her on a, whenever we do, I think it's just the positivity that she takes with her in everything that she does is, is Almost contagious, actually. Yeah, she does. She's got such a nice energy. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm excited to see, you know, what else she's what got she's coming on, up as well. What she's getting on, yeah. So episode three, we had Amna Al-Haddad. Yes. Olympic, Emirati Olympic weightlifter. Yes. And she spoke a lot about mental health. Mm-hmm. For me, I guess one of the things when she was talking about, you know, kind of her start mm. into sports, she talks about just going for a walk. Yes. 
And, you know, it's just about taking that first step. Yeah. Right. Just yeah. take that. That's kind of what I took away from it. Take the first step towards mm-hmm. something. And then that sets you on a, you know, a path that yeah. you probably would exceed all of your wildest dreams. Yeah. For me, Amna reminded me that no man's an island. I've seen that firsthand. Or no uh, woman. Or no woman's an island. Correct. Running, I always thought running was like an individualistic sport. And I realized very quickly that there's a massive community that you lean on to do any sport, even running. So, I mean, she spoke a lot about how that support system is sometimes quite undervalued, Mm. especially when you're going through mental health issues. And a lot of A lot of elite athletes go through that uh, because, you know, uh, because of the performance that they have to put out on a day to day basis and the training, the grueling training that they have to go through. So, you know, she spoke about having an accountability partner, which I thought is so important, you know, someone who you can call or discuss how you're feeling bounce ideas off and keep a check on you really Mm -hmm. so I I think that is so important and I think everyone should have an accountability partner to be honest yeah I would agree I also think just on Amna as well like when she was talking about taking a step back sometimes you know from training and kind of being reflective about is she pushing herself too much and what's the intent behind the training and I think you know, it's okay to rest. Yes. (laughs) It's okay to rest. Um, If you're a very goal oriented person, that's sometimes very hard, um, like she is. And I think, you know, the conversation related to mental health and training and as well, like it's okay to to take a break. To take a break, um, yeah. When you need to. Take a step back when you need to. Absolutely. So episode four was Anisha Shetty. Yes. (laughs) You go first. What do you think? Someone (laughs) who fought (laughs) with a shoulder that was dislocated. uh, That's totally insane. I think I was... First of all, for our listeners, if you haven't listened, Anisha is a Muay Thai. Muay Thai. Two-time UAE Muay Thai champion and three-time national Muay Thai champion for India. Correct. And, you know, I, I think I was quite taken by Anisha's drive. I mean, it's not just her drive to be best in her sport for herself, but as a coach for her students. Mm -hmm. So I think she lives this really nice, good dual life of being extremely competitive, but also making sure that, you know, she's creating a community, a Muay Thai community for others, but not everyone wants to be competitive in it, but also Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, just enjoy the sport as is either take it as self-defense or just be active. You don't really need to label it. Just come there and enjoy the sport itself. So I think that is something that was really nice to hear from her. She's quite driven right from, you know, when she decided she didn't, she did not want to do engineering to then, you know, going to Thailand to learn Muay Thai from from the experts because that's where it originates and then coming to Dubai to teach it and also compete at that that level is uh, very very commendable yeah I think first of all she has such an amazing energy very super fun guest 100% and she's a fighter like she has it in her she fights for what she wants to do yeah (laughs) 
And it's kind of like, you know, have that fighting spirit in everything. That's what I took away. Have that fighting spirit in anything you want to do. Mm. I mean, she, you know, quite literally fights. <laughs> but she's also, yeah, her spirit is she's a fighter. And, you know, when she was talking about sitting in mechanical engineering, just thinking about training, like she had such focus mm. and fight within her that she, yeah, I just thought that was really commendable and something I'm going to take into 2023 with me. Yes. So episode five, we had Linda Krokenberger, who is the UAE's first female camel jockey and camel jockey trainer. Yeah. And the co-founder of the Arabian Desert Camel Riding Center in Dubai. What did you take away from Linda's? So from Linda, I feel like it's it's so amazing that she created her own path. Uh, mm. There was nothing here for, you know, women camel jockeys. And she took the road less taken. You know, there are lots of horse riders and that's her background. But then she came here and she decided that because the camel is the ship of the desert, it is the animal here. She just created an, her own path to becoming a jockey and empowering other women to also consider becoming jockeys, camel jockeys, and race camels. So I just feel like in anything, you know, be it sport or any career, if you see that something is lacking and that's where your strengths lie, just create your own path. That's what I took away from her. And I'm going to try really hard to do that all year round. I agree. Create your own path. I also think, you know, very much related to that, like follow your dreams, yeah. you know, like follow what you want to do, which she did by creating her own path. For exactly. That. It was, yeah, it was really nice episode on a lot of um, levels, just learning more about camel racing here. Because As well. I've lived here yeah. for 10 years and I don't know anything about it. And the fact that Linda's kind of come into the country and yeah, created this own path for her and for others as well. Yeah. Is amazing. Episode six, Melina Timpson. Melina. Tri coach. She had just come in days after finishing Ocean Man, a Greece. 30 kilometer Ocean Man Greece. Yeah. Open water swim. Yeah. She's a triathlete. She's a tri coach. And she was the past couple of years have been quite difficult for her as well because she had long COVID. Yes. Um, related to, I guess, Linda creating that, you know, community or that platform for people. One of the things that I took away from Melina, because Melinda is such a well-loved coach yeah. within the UAE. Yeah. And she had the opportunity to work with some Saudi athletes as well. And I can just see what the love the and respect will. that. Yeah, the goodwill that Melina has, which is exactly. testament to her as yeah. a person. She is wonderful. And one of the things that stuck out for me is, you know, and she even talks about it in the podcast, in the conversation with us about, you know, the importance of helping others as well. There's so many things to take away from that episode, um, just in relation to her illness and overcoming that. But that's one thing that stuck out with me. And it's just, yeah, indicative of Melina as a person, as you can tell by how many people you know, love and respect her. Yeah. For me, I mean, first off, every time I have a conversation about Melina and what she did in o Ocean Man Greece, it like, it's mind boggling for anyone I kind of tell this to. They're like, wow, 30 kilometers of swimming is insane. And I find that insane as well because I don't swim. So I'm just like, that is just crazy, ludicrous, really. I think 
what stuck with me melin has such a good storyteller by the way you know i mean i think that conversation was so nice and so entertaining at mm. so many levels and so at so many levels right but i think what i take away is that athletes do not have to be stoic you no. can express frustration emotion vulnerability like that's that's part and parcel of who you are So it's okay to like even during a race it's okay to cry break down have a tantrum because maybe things aren't going your way and you know but what is commendable is that you go through all of that and then you get back up and then you finish start or on, whatever start you meet your targets or whatever mm. you do so i think that was so nice to hear because she actually told us at so many points during that oh, swim she, she yeah. wanted to give up she threw, I, I mentioned or I remember she was she threw something back at uh, yeah at her support you know, at her friend who was supporting her mm. <laughs> in the support um, boat and i was like yeah absolutely i don't know why you have to hide or be stoic if you're an athlete no you don't have to like Pain I mean, is quite normal, and it's okay to show pain. I think in general too, like in general, an yeah. Athlete, like feel your feelings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> feel your feelings, express them. Yeah, you know you can't bottle that up all the time. It's not healthy. It's not no. good for anyone. <laughs> exactly. Episode seven, Jared Jablonski, yes, world record-breaking cave diver, founder of Global Underwater Explorers. um and also the director of deep dive dubai first of all like i had worked with the team at deep dive dubai when mm-hmm. they first launched and i knew jared was super accomplished but i didn't you know have any idea really on the scale of his accomplishments or the impact he's created within diving and um one of the things that stuck out with me in that conversation was the power of curiosity in terms of staying curious and yeah you know because i think a lot of his world record breaking cave dives were the result of being curious and staying curious exactly yeah with jared i think i was so enamored by everything he was saying because diving to me is just it's so beautiful like from everything that i've seen it's so beautiful but it's also very scary it's a different world it's underwater it's it's just but i was so enamored by all his expeditions and what he's doing uh you know with his own organization where he puts safety first so i feel like that's my takeaway i think with every sport like safety is paramount like that has to come mm. first especially niche sports right where you know you can like you may have these courses that you can do and they probably be short courses and you think you're an expert in it but you may not be so i think that was my takeaway that mm. anything you do i think it's best to spend more time understanding the foundations of the sport just so that you're safe you know because you want to continue doing that sport yeah. so you might as well learn it the right way than try to kind of get a quick fix and and do it So yeah that was pretty much my my takeaway and and Jared's doing a lot in that area at the moment and Yeah he's really I, setting standards yeah, you know it's pretty been a much. real kind of key person in 
creating those protocols yes. and setting those standards for the whole, you know, for the diving sector, really, and the yeah. diving sport of diving. Yeah. And along with investing time, like I would argue too, like money, <laughs> like mm. I don't want to see a group on for diving. You know what I mean? Like exactly. I want, I, if it's too cheap, <laughs> like I'm like, where are they saving money on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it is a very nice sport and mm. you're going underwater the chances of fatality increases considerably if you haven't checked all those safety boxes. Mm. So it's so important. I think, you know, and kind of a theme across all of the athletes that we've interviewed is that it doesn't feel like anyone is particular, like it doesn't, no one is re reckless, right? Like no. everyone kind of operates within their limits, are very safe about what yes. they're doing. And yeah, I just think that's so important because in the age of, Instagram and social media, you can only see the results, but all of our athletes, the back end work, yeah, yeah, goes unnoticed so and safety yeah. and all of that. So, yeah, episode eight Dara Sahab, ah. Saudi cyclist who, <laughs> after three months, <laughs> signed up for the Saudi games, yes, for Saudi games, and became a cyclist in three months to complete to compete in the Saudi yeah. games. So I want to start off with this one because Dara, I found out after, is a fellow Capricorn. <laughs> I had a feeling the whole time we were interviewing. She's a woman Capricorn. after your heart in, she several, is, in and several ways. Where your, where your lesson from my episode was head on, head first. That was my lesson. <laughs> from her. <laughs> from Dara's head on, head first. <laughs> I think, you know, just she set a hard goal and she went for it. Yeah. And she did it. Yeah. And I think sometimes, you know, that's what's needed. You just need to go for it. You need not overthink it. Just go for it. Yeah, true. You know, it's funny. I have to tell you that my dad listened to Dara's episode and mm -hmm. he messaged me the other day saying, I loved her episode. I just loved what she had to say and what she did. And I, I was so happy to hear that because I was really, really, I had tried because I, I cycle with Dara yeah. and, you know, it gave me immense pride to see that someone else is also commending her on, on the feat that she achieved. Right. So my takeaway from Dara is that, you know, I think Motivation can come in so many different ways. And I think one of her motivations was the pride in representing her country in something. Mm. And that was really nice. She, there was an opportunity that came across her desk. She grabbed that opportunity and she did it not only because she wanted to prove something for herself, but that she also wanted to raise the flag of her country. Dara is a Saudi national and she wanted to put Saudi on the map with her representation. And I think that is so nice to mm -hmm. see. Um, I think there's a way that such athletes like Dara can actually move the sporting ecosystem in the Middle East forward. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't have to be a pro athlete. You can be an amateur athlete, but you can still be a role model for the community. A hundred percent. I think, you know, just kind of listening to Dara and then other Saudi athletes, we have how important the platform is. Yes. But when the platform's there, you know, use it, right? Yeah. Like, go for it. Don't hesitate. Yeah. Just go for it. Exactly. And I think, you know, she'll look back on, she's, it. she was a, 
part of a moment in history. Definitely. She is part of history. Her episode was just inspiring in, in a lot of ways. Episode nine, Zainab. Yes. Rizai. Yes. The first Afghan woman to race a 70.3 Ironman championship, which she did earlier this or in 2022, had a really harrowing tale of getting out of Afghanistan in August 2021. And I mean, there was a lot of things I took away from from Zainab's episode. I think, you know, she was faced with often impossible situations sometimes yeah. with training before, you know, all of this happened. She made it work. What did you take away from Zainab's? From Zainab's, I think it's just that it's a bit strange because we always, I think throughout the episode, and we've discussed this before, Dawn, I think we kept checking our privilege mm. throughout that episode, right? Because we complain quite a bit. We either complain about the facilities. I was complaining. I don't just, complain about facilities. <laughs> I just sometimes. have a cycle track. <laughs> yeah. We like just yesterday I was complaining about how there's a bush that needs to be cut from <laughs> one of our cycling tracks, which in all honesty, it should, but also we have a cycling track that is is so yeah. safe and that we can use at our disposal uh, at our disposal at any point in the day, AM, PM, with a great amount of safety. And she did not have that. She did not have a cycling track. She she trained for her first Ironman, uh, first 70.3 Ironman on a turbo. She had never cycled on the road and then she landed in Dubai and that was the first time she did a nine kilometer race, bike race on the road. But also learning to swim, like with hardly any Exactly, learning to, to swim. So, you know, I think you can do a lot with the circumstance that you have. Mm. I think if you have the determination, you can. You'll find a way to do it. And I think that's what Zainab taught me. And I think I can speak for you as well, taught yeah, us, right? Absolutely. I mean, just even circumstances around the training facilities and where she was living and how difficult it was to run and cycle outside and learn how to swim. She was also super busy with school and work like yeah, on top yeah. of that. And yeah. she made it work, she made you know, it work. like in these impossible circumstances, what would derail many, many people like she was a real inspiration for me. And I know she was for a lot of people and she will continue to be. But yeah, I agree. I think we titled that episode Hope. And yeah, she's really a hopeful person and yeah. instilled hope in me and I hope she inspires people to, if they're thinking about doing something or they think something is impossible to overcome that and just do it. Yeah. Um, I think worth a mention too, episode 9A, which was a bonus episode after Zainab is Jackie Faye. Yes. Um, so Jackie was the founder of She Can Try, which helped Zainab and other women from Afghanistan. And I think to the point of Melina and, you know, a lot of our other guests too, about paving the way for people, like pay it forward. Jackie talked openly in the episode with us in the podcast about you know her upbringing and it was quite difficult it's, but yet it was she, less than ideal yeah less than ideal yeah and she still finds time and effort you know to pay it forward for other yeah. people yeah and i think that's so important for all of us i agree with you i, I think what jackie's doing with uh she can try giving this opportunity to uh, women in disadvantaged and conflict zones to make an impact in sport is so important. And, and this is exactly what we're trying to do as well, right? With mm -hmm. the metal set in the Middle East, get those stories out there. And Jackie's just 
making it happen and you know she's put these steps in place so that people or women in Afghanistan and or in places like Afghanistan can actually dream to be sports people that's so important episode 10 Danya Akil yes rally racer motorsport athlete came in the top 10 of Dakar in the T3 category in 2022 had an amazing yeah first year of racing and just listening i think and danny's also from saudi arabia yes as well like dara and i think one of the things listening to her talk about the race because like in the dakar in particular there's so many different types of challenges that yeah. come up not challenges but different you know different geography different uh course profile mm. different circumstances and she had a really stoic way about her to not yeah. place judgment on the days of the race yeah. or her performance. the calmness that she went through that was yeah yeah but i think it was for me like the lesson was when you're facing things that people like when you don't place a judgment on a situation and this is sports or you know just in life in general mm-hmm. when you're not placing judgment on that like you know the I forget which stoic said it but you suffer more in you know imagination yeah. than you do in reality and that's what stuck out with me with Danya's because she didn't place judgment on it mm. she just did it you know yeah. something that needed to be done yeah. and I find when you do that you know you yeah don't create unnecessary suffering you know for yeah. yourself if it's a difficult situation and yeah it's amazing I think you know she seems like the power of the mind you know mm. um in sport or in in life yeah just kind of withholding that judgment on yourself and the situation that's one yeah. of the things i took yeah away from that one yeah so when we were speaking to danya i think we both felt the calmness that she had mm-hmm. in general and i think we spoke about how this is a very fast paced sport but calmness is so important because mm-hmm. it is a fast paced sport right you have to take the race one moment at a time and you have to be in the moment that's one of my takeaways that you have to be in the moment you can't think 10 steps i mean you have to you have to have foresight but you can't keep thinking about what's coming up next or how difficult the next step is going to be the other thing was that like you mentioned uh that was my takeaway as well there's no best or worst part of a race i think mm-hmm. you see it in totality and the entire thing is a lesson at the end of the day and then i think the third one was again going back to ivana's you work with a teammate so working with a teammate is a matter of choice and effort mm-hmm. uh you may not always get your soulmate or the perfect teammate right so you have to create that ideal situation with this person. I really liked how um yeah, she talked about getting along with her co-driver yes. Sergio and Exactly. just how they work together yeah. and because I they weren't even speaking It's a lesson for all types of partnerships. That's true. Because they weren't even speaking the same language, right? Yeah. So, but they made it work. And so it was choice and it was an effort. And, it was intentional. Like, and it I was feel in- like there was a lot of intent, yes. you know, to make it work. Yeah. So um, that that was a good learning lesson for me because inevitably at some point in our lives we're going to work with people mm-hmm. we're going to be it sport or be it in your profession you will pair up with someone and work with someone so you've got to try and make it work in the best possible way Episode 11 
We had Georgia Adderley, who is one of the co-founders of Onyx FC, which is a the UAE's first football club yeah. owned by women. I think to your point when you were talking about Linda, it's really like if something's missing, you know, build it. Yeah. If it doesn't exist, create it. You know, if you want to see something, it's almost like be the change. <laughs> and I think they've built such a fantastic community around, you know, football for mm. women. The need was there, obviously, you know, because um, so many people have joined them. But yeah, if there's something that's not happening and you think it should, just go ahead and do it yourself. Yeah, I think uh, with Georgia and what Onyx FC are doing, I think it's also really nice to see how they've not just left it as a grassroots initiative, right? Like they want to be seen and heard because that's the only way that the maximum number of women will have an impact or mm -hmm. can create an impact. So they've done everything they can to get the biggest sponsorships and be everywhere and try to grow quite rapidly, which they have managed to do in one year. So I think that's really, really good to see and very commendable. So, you know, my takeaway is that you can like, even if it's a grassroots initiative, I think there are opportunities to build so that more people can come into the fold and, and you can grow something that is community based, but can impact more people. Yeah. Around. Also on that too, it looks like it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in taking away from like the impact of what they're doing, they just look like they're having a really good time all the time. Yes, and, that's true. Which is great, yeah. you know. And it's inclusive. I think that's so important as well. Like it's inclusive. It's not just elite athletes. It's not just young athletes. It's it's moms who, you know, like she mentioned, you know, moms would come over to drop her, drop their kids off for, for games. And then they decided that they yeah. wanted to play as well. So it's so inclusive that way as well. Before we go into the last two episodes, we're going to talk about the Beirut Marathon episode with you. <laughs> so first of all, I know how hard you worked. Like, yeah, how much training went into it and dedication to complete that marathon. And I think that's given, you know, but one of the things that stuck out with me is that you've built such a lovely group around you as well. Oh. You know, just you and Naj. Yes. Running it together, both kind of in some sort of pain, <laughs> but keeping each other going. I think, you know, that's kind of taken some lessons for me. I can be a bit of a lone wolf sometimes. But yeah, finding your tribe, you know, your your crew is really, really important. Yeah. I mean, the entire episode that we recorded was a reflection in so many ways for me. To me, the takeaway is that I'll get knocked down, but then I'll just get back up and I'll I'll do something else. You're like a Chumbawamba song. Huh? <laughs> what is the Chumbawamba that's not yeah. get knocked down? <laughs> yeah. That's my reminder, really. Like, I'll get knocked down and then I'll get back up and then I'll do something, either the same thing or something different, but I won't, I won't stop, really. Episode 12, Natalia Zarkova. Yes. Five-time world champion freediver. I think she's got six world records to her name as well. One of the things that kind of stuck out with me with the in the conversation with Natalia is freediving is so different from other sports because it seems like, you know, we have to push so hard against trying to achieve these goals and getting your heart rate up and sweating. And whereas freediving is all about slowing down. And for her, when she was talking about when she was setting out to break these records and to win these world championships, she wasn't ever focused on 
that as the end goal. It was about doing her best. So it's kind of like slowing down to succeed (laughs) in a lot of ways and enjoying the process and just doing your best. You know, her best resulted in five world championships. But she also said something, you know, about working smarter, not working harder. And I think that's something I really took Mm. away from this because often it's like, go, 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 hamster wheel of work, training, no, 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 you know, but just how can I put it out there, do my best and then trust that things will happen. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I took away from that. Um, My takeaway is very similar to yours. Uh, I think uh, just you have to slow down you know, just to appreciate things sometimes, reconnect with your feelings more. Yeah, Uh, for sure. And like, look around, really. Sport, even while you're competing, can get so, you can have like blinkers on, right? Mm -hmm. When you're, when you're either racing or you're training, I think you, I think people need to remove those blinkers and enjoy looking around and experiencing it in totality. Yeah. that's a part of being in the moment. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I forget this. I want to remember <laughs> when I'm racing, I want to remember that I'm there for a reason. And the reason's not just to achieve a goal, but it is also to experience everything that's happening around me. Have the experience. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Episode 13, our last yes. full episode for the year, last yes. year. Mo-hama. And the second, the only second guy. Second guy, yep. On second our guy show. On Mo Fama, Emirati surfer. surfer. I guess the first, really, Emirati pro surfer. Yes. Mo just has such a nice energy mm. around him. And despite all the challenges that he's gone through, like with his health, he just stayed really joyful. Yeah. You know, that's the sense I got. Like it was, there was a joy around him. Like his aura is very joyful. Yeah. And, you know, he talked about sport saving him. And I think just kind of going through those moments he's had with his health and then finding joy in another sport, you know, not attaching himself so hard to one sport or one way of living or thinking. For me, it was just stay joyful. Mo's energy was, again, he's like Ivana, very infectious. And what I took away is that you don't have to be tied down to a sport. Like you said, Don, you can... You know, if one sport doesn't work for whatever reason, you try another one and then you try another one and, you know, you try another one. And for him, it has taken him up to 60 plus sports. So I think and what 100, I, maybe 100, maybe in 100. Year. Yeah. For me, I think 2023, that's what I want to do. Um, try different sports. I definitely want to try swimming. <laughs> That's the goal uh, as well. And then, yeah, try a few other sports, even with cycling, maybe try mountain biking and some other sports as well. Yeah. So that's my takeaway from Mo. Uh, I think he just... And also, he spoke about sports that I didn't know existed or (laughs) community, sporting communities that I didn't know existed here. So I'm now going to... You know, we're we should go through Mo's 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 list list. and be like tick, tick, tick. So I'm just going to try some of the different sports that he mentioned and also see what are the other sports that he's tried out so that I can (laughs) I can do so as well. So this is a nice segue into the final question I have to ask and I'll answer as well. 
what are your goals for the year? Like we talked about intentions, but what are your actual goals? Like, do you have any races in the diary? You're going to try some different sports. I don't know. Are you going to, are you going to go head on head first into a swimming, <laughs> uh, <laughs> swimming race? Maybe. I don't know. So, I mean, I'm starting the, I'm starting the year with the upcoming Dubai Creek Striders half marathon. Mm-hmm. And I, I haven't done it before. And I've heard that it's a very scenic route. So that's my first, first goal of the year. And then swimming is definitely on the agenda as well. And I'm hoping or I'm going to try and plan a cycling challenge at some point, which would be an ultra distance. But I'm, well, I haven't committed to one, but I'm looking for one. So maybe I can help with that. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) I'm a big advocate for ultra cycling yes. races. I think they're amazing adventures and you learn a lot about yourself. Yeah. And I guess my goal for the year, for goals for the year to finish race around Rwanda. Yes. Excited mm. about that, Dawn. Yeah, I am. I mean, physical training has not gone exactly to plan because of everything else that's been happening yes. just with busy schedule. Like these t- things do take a lot of time and mentally I feel good about it. That's so. Great. Yeah, we'll see. I would probably like to do one other ultra cycling race in 2023. I don't know what that's going to be. I had a friend mention to me yesterday, how about across Andes, which Mm. is in South America, which I think would be amazing as well. Like you, I want to try some other different sports. I've been wake surfing a lot and I really love it. I want to get better at it. I don't think I'm going to be competing in it (laughs) anytime soon, but I absolutely want to do more of that and get better at it just for fun. And also more time on the dirt bike, I think. Just getting a bit better at that again. Go back to the dirt bike. Yeah, it was kind of on ice for a while, the the dirt bike. Yeah, yeah, I got it serviced. So I'm excited to bring that out more in 2023 because that was such a nice thing to be learning in 2020 when we were all stuck here for, for a while. So yeah, I mean, it's like I said, it's an exciting year ahead for me. Anyways, I feel it is exciting for us with yes, this. Yes, it is definitely exciting for us. It's really good energy. The guests that we've had have been amazing. And I want to say a special thank you to each and every one of them for sharing, for trusting us with sharing their stories and sharing it with people who listen to us. Yes. And I'm just really excited about the new year. So am I. I think we've got so many more guests that we are looking forward to get onto the Metal Set podcast. Many more lessons to be learned. Mm-hmm. Uh, many more stories to be told, you know, from underrepresented athletes across the region. So, yeah, it's going to be a jam-packed 2023, Dawn. I agree. And very exciting 2023. Yes. So, Stay tuned to everyone out there and get in touch with us. You can find us on Instagram at The Metal Set um, and or give us an email. Shoot us an email at uh, hello at themetalset.com with thoughts, musings, suggestions, guest ideas. Thank you for listening. Thanks so much. And we wish you all a wonderful new New year ahead. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, we ask that you please share it with family, teammates, friends, and even frenemies, or share via social media. Please also leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. 
Five stars only. And visit us on themetalset.com for more stories and resources. Thanks again for listening. Your support means the world to us. This is The Metal Set.